Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus and transform Hoxton. So the series over the summer is a, a series of reflections on some, some of the psalms. We've all picked the one we wanted to do. And I've had very little time to prepare this because I've been catching up on all the laundry after focus. So um, I was sort of inspired to do it this way uh, as I was hanging up, I think, what well, load number four with about three more to go. So, um, but this psalm's a really... It's a small psalm, it's quite a short one, but it gives us a good insight into how, um, how we should be leading a Christian life. It's a nice summary of uh, how God wants us to live. Um, so we'll just go through it. Ooh, what's that? I'll <laughs> just go through it uh, sort of verse by verse, and most of this is pinched from um, a, a sermon that Jonty told me about. So it's all just... A reflection. In the first couple of verses, um, the psalmist sets the scene for us. Uh, they say how they're going to live their life. Um, they take a personal responsibility for their commitment to, to God. I will praise the Lord all my life. It's, a, it's an action verb. It's, it's a, a way of, it's intentional. They're, they're saying what they're going to do. Um, and we need to take an active approach to our Christian life, make a commitment and follow that through. It's true that God loves us just as we are and that there's nothing more we can do to make him love us anymore or earn his love, his salvation. But here, the psalmist commits themselves to worshipping God for their whole life and that's something um, we can do too. In the next couple of verses, um, he, uh, the psalmist fills in a little bit more about how that would look in real life. So we're not to trust in mortal men, which is, which is quite comforting, really, because um, there's a lot going on that uh, is difficult to trust in at the moment. But they don't last. Their plans disappear when they die. Um, but God lives forever. His plans are eternal, and we can trust in him. In fact, it seems the only sensible option, really, to trust in God. Um, and it says that we're blessed when we put our trust in him the, the eternal God of Jacob in verse 6 the psalmist reminds us of what God is like who he is, he's the creator of heaven and earth he, he hasn't abandoned his creation he remains faithful throughout all generations and then in the next few verses, he sets out how this works out in real life. And the next, the seven to nine, verses seven to nine, which is the, the middle bit, he, it's the gospel really. It's just a summary of the gospel of how God engages with his people. It comes from the law in, uh, which was given in Exodus and Leviticus. And it sets out not only how God acts to look after his people, but how we as the church um, should be doing that as well. So it's upholding the cause of the oppressed, giving food to the hungry, to set prisoners free, to give sight to the blind, lift up those who are bowed down, um, to watch over 
the foreigner, which in this context, I just mean, means anybody who's not part of our community, any, anybody who's seen as an outsider. And then to sustain the fatherless and the widows, which means those who are without power or status in our communities. And there are, there's always two different ways to see this kind of calling. One of them is a very practical way, so like working at the food bank or um, the charity that I work for, the Irish Street Family Centre, we have a, a project called Grow Baby and we give baby clothes and equipment to people who can't manage, uh, you know, need help with that sort of thing. So that sort of thing, feeding, clothing in a practical sense, but there's also the spiritual side of it and the spiritual blindness, spiritual poverty um, in our communities and it's bringing God's word and Jesus' hope to people who are spiritually um, oppressed or blind or in poverty. And then he finishes, uh, the psalmist finishes the psalm with a statement which speaks of the eternal nature of God's reign over his creation and his people, um, which takes us right to revelations, really. God's kingdom is forever and he will, he will win in the end. Um, so Caroline said, Jonty's going to join me. Um, and really, it was Jonty that chose this psalm because um, I was hanging out the washing and I said, I wonder how I can do this with so little time. And then Jonty's been doing some stuff in Durham and around, yeah, and... So I asked him what was his, what was his favourite psalm, and he chose this one, one four six, um, which comes out of a series of sermons that he's been that was from your church in Durham, yeah. And it just really summarised the Christian life for us. So I thought you might like to hear from John T. How he's sort of making his way as a Christian in the big wide world out there. <laughs> um, Hello. <laughs> So jaunty. Um, why do you like this psalm in particular? Um, yeah, so Psalm 146. Um, the last five psalms are really um, quite powerful. They're, they're all about sort of um, praising God. They're, they're really um, high energy, quite, um, it's quite good psalms to sort of describe the way that this church worships, I think. Um, very kind of uh, adoring of God. Uh, and Psalm 146, um, it kind of illustrates the, the way that worship kind of transitions into your everyday life. It sort of, it starts and ends with praise the Lord. Um, it emphasizes that, um, that all of these things that we're talking about, about, um, yeah, um, serving the hungry, serving the prisoners and the blind, that this all... Um, comes out of worship um, this comes from um, God and it sort of it illustrates that really well um, so for me it's quite um, quite helpful to understand the relationship between me as a worshipper uh, and also me as like a servant and the sort of calling that God's put okay. and what how does that um, come out in your daily life so what things have you been doing which would be which this psalm talks about um there's a few fairly direct ones <laughs> um so um 
as you know, we have a sister who is blind. Um, and so, yeah, hanging out with her, um, getting to spend time with her is such a blessing to me. Um, but you can also see so much of the Lord uh, in the way that um, my mum works and the family works together. Um, in Durham, I've got involved in um, a couple of projects, um, one of which is uh, a friend of mine set up um, a winter night shelter for Durham, which was the first time it's had one in about 20, 25 years or so. Um, and so I've been helping him through that um, with sort of practical stuff uh, and then serving that um, for people who don't have a home. Um, I've been going in with a, a chaplain from my church in Durham who does Bible studies in the prison. Um, and that's been like once a week, um, going in for a couple of hours and yeah, just chatting with prisoners. It's probably some of the best conversations I have all week because it's just about football and like normal stuff rather than work and boring things. <laughs> and um, you've told me that um, I think when we moved to Hackney, um, we're not the typical. We were. It was like nearly twenty years ago now, and we're not the typical family that would move into Hackney. We were very middle class, and we had a little boy, and our sorts of people usually moved out to the country. So moving into Hackney was um, a bit unusual, and lots of our friends were a bit concerned that of the impact that it would have on John T. So, do you want to just say a little bit about how growing up in Hackney has actually helped you do those things? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, going up to Durham, uh, which for those that don't know, is quite um, well, a very middle class <laughs> city. It's probably one of the most middle class cities I've been to. Um, it's a lot of people that, yeah, they've got such an incredible heart, but they just haven't, um, haven't lived, um, haven't had any exposure to the sort of things that you're seeing in here that... Um, the sort of the town that they're from is sort of a countryside town and they might not have seen like homeless people unless they go in to visit a city. Um, whereas living alongside um, people and having like neighbors that have all sorts of um, problems with the law or with um, yeah, the society in general, um, being able to, to live alongside that, seeing um, both the kind of ups and downs um, of, of actual individuals, actual people with names um, and a history, a story um, in these situations, I think really, um, yeah, sort of it helps. Helped you, help the guys relate to you as well. Yeah, yeah, it helps when you're sort of going into prison, you can sort of, um, you know what to talk about because you've been talking to like, I don't know, <laughs> different people all the time. Yeah, I think... It, for me, it's just been really lovely to see you um, grow into these ministries and to take on your Christian commitment out into the big wide world without, you know, coming out from our family. Um, and what, could you say something about your commitment to, to Christ in your life as a student and going out and becoming your own person? Can you say something about that? <laughs> um, God's been good. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, this, it's backed up by the psalm as well. It sort of, it goes right through from creation through to like the Old Testament, the justice of the laws that he put in place. Um, it, it doesn't mention Jesus, but 
you can sort of see um, what, yeah, what Jesus um, took from that um, and how the New Testament fits in with it. And it says you'll reign forever. It talks about um, revelation as well. So that kind of consistency of God's faithfulness um, and God's heart for people. Um, I've seen that um, firsthand in my sort of limited experience of the real world. Um, going from home uh, into university, um, yeah, it's the same God. Um, and being able to transition into a new church, um, which does things differently, that sort of, um, yeah, it's, it's a different style. Um, but when you enter into that place of worship, um, you feel the same thing, um, and you can see God's hand uh, over Durham. And to get to be a part of that, there's been so many encouragements um, that I've had at times which were just right um, for me to sort of keep pushing and keep going. Um, so yeah, I can't take credit. That's God's thing. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Um, so I hope that encourages you to think about how this psalm and what the psalmist is saying can work out in our own lives in practical ways, in spiritual ways. Um, and if you're sitting there thinking, mm, that's all very nice, but I don't really feel like that, um, then we would love to pray for you. You can talk to me after the service or come down to the font during communion and um, somebody will pray for you. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.